Hello. Today we're going to talk about something that many people don't realise, and that is really that Ireland can boast to have the oldest vernacular literature of Europe. It's not me who's saying that. This is the prof- uh, Professor of Linguistics at Harvard University in the United States, Calvert Watkins, who said this. The fact is that because our stories were passed on by word of mouth, by what we call the Shanachi storytellers, they are a direct link with the past across generations. And they were highly appreciated and respected in Ireland until recently. I myself, when I was spent some time, well, I was going to say not long ago, yes, many years ago, when I was in the Giltach in Donegal, I remember one of these storytellers came to the house. And that was a great uh, honour for the people of the house to have a storyteller to come in and tell these stories. These stories were not like the stories that I'm telling, I must um, admit. My recounting is not at all up to the level of a shanaki. They had to learn the stories by heart and were not allowed to make even the smallest change in telling them. And it's thanks to this rigorous training that the stories have passed down from generation to generation without any variation. This is why our literature has come down without any change. In the Celtic hierarchy, poets or storytellers were ranked on a par with royalty. Now, the Celts have always been fascinated with the power of the word. And the important noble families had their own poets or filly, as they are known in Irish. And it was thanks to them that we know something of the history of those times. A filly, a poet had to study for seven years of preparation to learn all the words and stories and the order in which the events took place. In pre-Christian Ireland, the filly were considered close to royalty. For the king to be killed in battle was bad, but for a poet to be killed would have been sacrilegious and therefore even worse. A filly knew the etymology of all the words and knew how to use them for maximum effect. He had to develop a superior memory to learn all the history, genealogy and literature. He had to learn all the stories word by word without admitting even the smallest variation. The ritual of pronouncing these tales was almost a religious act. It was as if the very act of recounting these heroic events of spirituality and life after death is if they would conjure up a union between the material world and the immaterial world with a magic which confirmed all that the people believed. It was with the arrival of Christianity to Ireland that these stories, which had been passed on from generation to generation in the oral tradition, were finally written down by the monks. Many of these early manuscripts were lost or destroyed during the Viking raids and wars, but there are still some copies of these early manuscripts, and it's thanks to the monks that the copies were made. It's also thanks to Lady Gregory. She was an Irish dramatist, folklorist and theatre manager. She loved the ancient tales which had been preserved throughout centuries and decided to travel around the country recording these stories of Irish mythology. She also co-founded the Irish Literary Theatre and the Abbey Theatre together with William Butler Yeats and Edward Martin. The earliest examples of written Irish language are perhaps the Ogham inscriptions from the 4th century and perhaps the two works written by St. Patrick which were written in Latin in the 5th century and were preserved in the Book of Armagh. 
Now, when we're talking about these stories, especially the stories what would you, which we call the Ulster cycle, about Maeve, about Macha, about Cúhollán, they date back to the first century BC. The later stories we'll hear some of about Fionn Macool or Finn Macool date from the second or the third century, so they're a little bit later. Professor Darmstetter says that Ireland has preserved in the infinite wealth of her literature, a complete and faithful picture of the ancient civilization of the Celts. Irish literature, therefore, is the key which opens the Celtic world. But the Celtic world means a large portion of Europe. We forget that the Celts were not only in Ireland. They were all over. They were in England. They were in France. They were in Germany. They were in Italy. They were in Switzerland. And to find out about life in those days... It is thanks to those monks who, first of all, took the trouble to write down what had been, until that moment, oral stories passed on in the oral tradition.